It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the first in this new series of weekly Terrace Podcasts. My name is Craig Cairns and I'm delighted to say that before the transfer window closed last night we were able to bring in an 18-club Scottish Cup winning former English Premier League and Scotland striker. It's Chris Iwalemo. You've just told me a different way to pronounce your surname just before we've come yeah. on air there, Chris. Tell me how you pronounce your name. Everybody's been getting it wrong. So it's Chris Iwalemo. Iwalemo. Uh, so- I will, I'm more, yeah. So it's a funny story, actually, because uh, my uh, my sister, she went down to university in London and uh, she she met a Nigerian guy. This is probably, I was about 26, 27. So a good 14, 15 years ago, right? And uh, uh, and he actually said the right pronunciation is Iwilumo. But my father obviously came over from Nigeria. He'd he, he done his studies in Germany and then he came over to Scotland and he must have thought, I'm going to put a little spin on this this surname. And he actually said, Iwellamo. So that's what we've grown up with, Iwellamo. And obviously I'm 42 years old now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change it, even though my sister did tell me Iwellamo was the right pronunciation. So uh, yeah, to be fair, there's there's been many kind of uh, 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 broadcasts and, and and kind of media outlets that have kind of said Iwellamo. But to be fair, if they were saying it, it means that I was doing something right. Hopefully, so uh, so I never I never I never pulled up uh, I never pulled up too too often. Well, I've been practicing saying it in the mirror all morning the other way, and then you've just thrown me that curveball before we've come on air there. <laughs> but yeah, coming up later in the show, we're going to be getting to know Chris a wee bit better with a round of knowing TP, knowing you. But first, we're going to just talk about some of the, the, the stories in Scottish football right now, starting with transfer deadline day. That was yesterday. Not the busiest one that we've had in Scotland, but there were still a few interesting sign-ins. We'll start by asking you, Chris, uh, were you ever signed on transfer deadline day? Oh no, I wasn't. I either wasn't good enough, or uh, my agent wasn't doing doing the job. But no, to be fair, I was always even in the summer. 
Craig, you know, like when I came, when I my contract ran out, I was always signed. I always knew where I was going before the the final whistle went or that that final game. So uh, I remember when I was at Colchester and uh, I was in the championship and and we actually finished the highest place that Colchester's ever finished in the in the English Championship and English football. Uh, I scored 18 championship goals that season, uh, but my contract had ran out. I'd done eight medicals. So eight medicals. So basically this is something that, that was done uh, basically from the last minute of the, the final whistle uh, right up until the, the, they could announce it. And I remember I'd done such a uh, the medical I, I got put through my paces at Coventry and this is when they were one of the, they were their massive massive club I then went to Leicester I went to Watford Brighton Nottingham Forest and Charlton had just been relegated from the Premier League and they just came down and I knew that as, as soon as I'd passed that first medical at Coventry that that wasn't an issue because I've got a dodgy knee Craig I've, I've had 10 operations on my left knee uh, and uh, as soon as I passed that first medical I knew that it was I, I was going to be okay because all the all the things that I had to get put through and that. But Charlton came through and basically blew everyone away, money wise. And obviously Phil Parkinson, who was my manager, uh, the first season at Colchester was Alan Pardew's assistant at uh, Charlton. So it was a no brainer for me because I knew that he'd be fighting my corner as well. And to be fair, I finished top goal scorer at Charlton that season, the only player in that squad to to be involved in every single one of the games. So it was, uh, and then obviously I went on to Wolves and we know we know what happened there. But was there ever a transfer that you missed out on? One that, that the, the transfer that got away, say? Uh, you know what? Like I say, it was... I, I was with the same agent for, for 15 years. Uh, we had a great relationship. We always spoke, even if it wasn't about football. So I wouldn't say there was somewhere... I had to, I, Before I signed for Wolves, uh, Crystal Palace came in and I had to go and have dinner with uh, Neil Warnock. Uh, so basically, me and my agent have turned up at Neil Warnock's house. He's invited me in. He had the big rugby socks on, the rugby, the rugby, the rugby uh, top. Uh, with the, the collar up and I've had dinner with him and his wife with the trays on our knees watching Sky Sports News it was so bizarre Craig so bizarre but what a lovely man you know infectious uh, and basically Simon Jordan was I think Simon Jordan was was partying out in Marbella and they couldn't get hold of him to, to sign off my uh, my wage my wages so basically uh, I, I knew that I was going to be signing for Wolves but I signed, I signed for Wolves for probably two grand two grand uh, a week less than uh, than what Palace had offered. But I just wanted to get back to the Midlands. So uh, there has been some funny stories, mate, but I've, I've, like I say, I've never been involved in that final day, hurry around and helicopters here. And you know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> jump on the back of a motorbike here, you know? So it's, uh, thank, thank the Lord for that. I'm sure it wasn't quite as dramatic as that, but one of the uh, signings made yesterday was Mark McNulty coming back to Scottish football he signed for Dundee United um, he yeah. had two loan spells with Hibs he impressed in one maybe not so much in the other do you think he was the kind of guy that the type of player that Dundee United were needing well I, I think so you know I think if you look it's so difficult in this climate as well uh, there's a lot of teams struggling with, with quality of depth you know I think uh, the way that Mickey Mellon has his Dundee United team playing you know they play with a kind of a lovely brand of football, very nice on the eye. You know, they are, even against Kilmarnock, where they got battered 4-0, they were very dominant with the ball, but not 
not not scoring goals and, and create uh, and they were creative but not clinical on the day. So I think uh, McNulty coming in, you know, for me, he's a very pacey player. You know, I think he's he's very clever around the box, nice touches, good movement, uh, and I think he, he will bring goals because I think with this United side as well, with the with the fluency and the, 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 the attractive way that they play, I think it it might complement McNulty. So no, Mickey Mellon's been around years. He, he, he trains with that squad. He knows exactly what what the squad needs and like you say McNulty's been there and done it in, in, in the SPFL as well so so I think that experience will, will definitely uh, will, will come in good come in good for him Yeah I think looking at it on the United squad I think you could probably pick a number of areas where they could still improve I mean they're only just up from the championship but yeah I agree with you there there's been games where they've dominated the ball a lot and that game against Kamarnik especially the, the stats were very skewed I mean looking at that as a 4-0 victory and then how little possession Kilmarnock had and the Dundee United fans were saying after that game that they they just struggled for that final ball or there was just there was just nothing in that final third but now they've got Shanklin back McNulty's and that's two Scotland internationals they now have up front well Craig that's spot on exactly what you said I think the experience you know I, I think Shankland and, and Nicky Clark have a, a really good relationship as well but then it doesn't do you no harm by bringing in another another kind of piece of that jigsaw to kind of bring more competition and it, it does because competition brings out the best in players doesn't it you think I've got to be firing I think Shankland you know there was question marks can he do it in the in the prem, in the premiership Yes, he can. You know, his goal return uh, with, with, with the minutes played has been outstanding and he should be on more. You know, I think uh, the, the relationship uh, that he's got with Nicky Clark as well, he's going to make goals. You know, he's not just a, an out-and-out goal scorer. He's an all-round player for me. I think he's very good. He can come and link up. And I just think uh, McNulty will just come in and, again, give them that little bit more firepower, which, you know what, every single team in the, in the Premiership would be delighted to bring in someone that's going to give that competition in those attacking attacking areas. Another one of the interesting transfers was uh, Kyle McGuinness leaving St Mirren for Hibs for a six-figure fee. It's a five-year deal. Uh, there's no doubt in this guy's talent, but he has had a lot of uh, injury issues recently. Although, Chris, he, he does seem like the type of player that will slot in well to this Hibs midfield. No, I've got to. I've got to say, I, that's. Uh, I th- I'm very impressed with him as a player. You did. You did touch on it there. A lot of injuries. You know, I think uh, when you look at him, 22 years old. You know, he's. He's come through the ranks at St Mirren. He's thought of very highly. I think they've even offered him another four-year contract there, obviously on on better on better uh, on better on better money uh, to, to stay at St Mirren. But you know what? I just think Hibbs is too good an opportunity. You know, I've been very impressed with. Uh, with, with Jack Ross with the way that he kind of speaks the way that he has Hibs playing I think they'll be up there I really do think they'll be up there uh, and I've said it already you know it's, it's something that obviously me and you will probably get into a little bit more depth with that these teams like Hibs Aberdeen you know surely it's not just fighting for third place as realistic as that is with the size of Celtic and Rangers you know I think I think McGuinness coming in is a fantastic signing. You know, he gives them that depth. You know, he's a he's a midfielder that can he's he's box to box. He likes to get the ball down. He's young, uh, and something as well that Jack Ross has said about him is that he's got so much room for. He, he's got he, he hasn't reached his potential yet. 
So he's got so much room for improvement and he's still a fantastic player. At 20 years, two years old, you know. That, so I think that's a fantastic signing as well. That's a five-year contract they put him on there as well, is it not? Yeah, it is quite long. I, I mean, which again sounds like it could be a gamble given his, his uh, injury history. Well, again, it's like you say. I think, I think, uh, I think when you look at the the facilities that that, that Jack Ross and Hibs will have, you know, the, the the kind of sports science teams, you know, I think, you know, because it is everyone has to train at a certain level, you know, because you can pick up little niggles, nutrition you have to look at, all these all, sports science is taken over massively in, in today's football. So you just look at the injuries that he's had, and you're thinking, right, okay, he's definitely got the potential to kick on massively from where he is. It is a gamble, but. 22 years old, you know, under 21 international as well. I just think it's a it's 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 one that has to be made if you if you're trying to bridge that gap. If you're trying to close that gap between the big two, Celtic and Rangers, you have to bring in young, hungry players that bring that will add quality to the squad. You know what I mean? It's a must, Craig. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And th- I think understandably the transfer seems to have angered Jim Goodwin a bit. He's only named four subs at the weekend there. He's since brought in a couple of players yesterday. I'm not going to pretend I know much about the two young guys that no, they've brought in. Well, well, you think about that, Craig. You think about it. If you're a manager, right, and you, you're, you're one of your main players comes to you and says, especially in this difficult climate, I want to go. I want to go. Now, you think about it. That player's gone already. So how do you manage that player in the dressing room? How, you know, and, and I don't, I, I, I don't know Kyle. I don't, I don't think he's a bad egg. I think he's, he's basically just being honest because it's too good an opportunity to let go. But you have to make your, 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 your views and your opinions, mate. So I had to do the exact same at Charlton. I had to chap on the door to Alan Pardew and say, look, Gaffer, I don't want to be here. I've came back. I feel fit. I'm at the front of the running. You know, I've scored a couple of goals in pre-season already. But I'm telling you, I'll come up and see you every day. I don't want to be here. And it's just one of them because and Charlton had started that ball roll and start Charlton had offered me out to Wolves and Wolves bit at it. Then all of a sudden, uh, Alan Pardew's kind of took a step back saying, oh no, we don't want to lose you. But I'm afraid my head's already my head's already turned. I wanted to go and it's the exact same for Kel McGuinness there. You know, you think... It's a, it's a good opportunity. It's a, a Hibs team that I think can can kick on this year. Uh, maybe, 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 can I, how can I say it? Down to how Hibs perform against the old firm can definitely determine who wins the Premiership. It's, just, it's as simple as that because I, I don't think these uh, Celtic Rangers will drop many points, but the points that they do are going to be very, very vital points, if you understand. So I just think being part of that and in, how infectious Jack Ross is coming across as well, Craig, I just think it's it's such a difficult one for Jim Goodwin to handle, and it's under. So he's trying to make a point to uh, the the powers that be at St. Mirren. I need more players. I need quality and depth. And you look at who they brought in. They brought in what Brandon Mason and uh, and Daniel Finlayson on loan from Rangers. So you're thinking again, defensive players. You know, whereas I'm thinking they've got no cutting edge up front, really. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something that I thought. You know, a McNulty coming to St. Mirren. that's exactly what they need that goal getter that so and I know it's difficult it's very difficult because as if you're McNulty and you're thinking where do I want to go and you're thinking look at the form six consecutive losses no winning seven you know what it it makes it influences you as a player yeah I totally agree I think uh, the thing is I think on paper they look okay going forward though that's the thing I think Erwin's a decent sign in I mean he's maybe not the prolific scorer that they're looking for but he 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 is a good sign in I think and um 
the unknown is uh, I forget his first name Kirsten uh, Kristen Kristen Dennis I think his name is he's uh, a yeah. kind of striker with a good record down in the the lower leagues and or maybe it's the low, uh, the non league in England so he's like a kind of a bit of a gamble he could come up and be the goal scorer they're looking for but yet yeah, they are they are just really struggling for a for a cutting edge at the moment uh, you've yeah. mentioned Hibs there let's let's go in a wee bit more depth about one of their players Kevin Nisbet's made an absolutely fantastic start to the season um, he fired himself to, into the lead of the Premiership scoring charts with his double over sorry his double against Hamilton on Friday night he was signed from Dunfermline for a six figure fee in the summer and Chris he's made a really impressive start to his Hibs career he, to me he just seems like a, a very a very rounded striker he's got it all hasn't he he's got it all no I've got to say I'm really really impressed what's that six goals in eight games one assist you know what, twenty-three years old. You know, you know the the biggest surprise is that that he's he's not he's not been brought into the the international squad. You know, and it's you might think, uh, oh yeah, it's early days, it's young. He's but he's he's on form. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's <laughs> a, a striker on form. What all he needs is the the right bit of service at, at any level, and it's in the back of the net, and things are starting to fall for him. But for me. He ticks all boxes, Craig. You know, I think his link-up play, his movement, you know, his awareness on the pitch, his touch, you know, and he's a presence as well. You know, uh, so no, I've been really impressed with him. And like you say, worth every penny. That question mark, that doubt was over his head. Can he go and do it in the Premiership? Yes, he can. <laughs> yes, he can. He's doing it with a smile on his face as well, which is which is so good to see. But again, I, I've got to applaud uh, Jack Ross with the environment that he's created there at Hibs. You know, it's a it's a it's a very hungry. Uh, you know, they're very demanding. They've definitely set the bar. Uh, but just, I, I, just the way that he comes across and how he speaks, I think, I think it'd be, it'd be great to play for. He, he knows exactly how to manage his players and and let you see how to get the best out of them. Because at, at the minute, Nisbet is uh, he's on fire, isn't he? Yes, uh, he's made the step up to higher division for the second consecutive season. Now you did so yourself with Wolves and with Colchester, Chris. I, slightly different circumstances I think you did it through promotion in those times yeah. um, but what, what kind of challenges does a striker face when he when he makes the, the step up to uh, another level like that especially from say a second tier in a country to a, to a top tier yeah you know what the I've got to say I think the the void's very massive between both so again you look at yourself as a player I think all footballers are are their own worst critics anyway Craig you know they analyse their game and they're very harsh on themselves and, and you have to be because I think that's 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 how you have to set it up to make sure that you get the best out of yourself so I think Nisbet you'll know that the pressure that comes with that price tag you know he knows exactly what the SPFL is about because he's he's watched it he knows the quality of the, the strikers that have been there and done it and been a success uh, and, uh, and like you said you, you hit the nail on the head he's, he's all rounded he's got it all he's, he, he's, he's good at everything isn't he so so what, what do you focus on as, as, as a striker coming into the premiership you think okay the chances aren't going to become Come, come as often so when they do come I have to make sure that I'm clinical you know the, do the basics right you know basically the movement communication link up you know all these things that I've already touched on with him that he does well and you can see that uh, you can see that he, he's enjoying his football you know he's he's taking a chance he's, he's gambling you know because getting across the front of the goalkeeper or, or, or the defender for that little touch some of his touches some of his finishes have just been that reaction Craig you yep. know it's like that split second reaction you're thinking whoa what a reaction that is and, and that that's something that comes naturally as well but again if you keep putting yourself in that position then you're going to get more and more of those opportunities and he gambles all the time 
You know, Alan McCoy said it, didn't he? Alan McCoy made, scored probably 10, 12, 13 of his goals just by following in, by gambling, by getting across his man because he knows the quality of the the, 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 the wide men, the service that he's going to get. And that's a must. If you're a, if you're a goal getter, if you're going to be classed as that kind of fox in the box or whatever, then you have to be alive, moving all the time. Uh, and uh, he, he must be an absolute delight. So I think the relationship that him and Doidge have got as well is, is, is been good. But again, I think he could go and play with anyone and that's why I'm just surprised. And like you say, it's early days yet. You never know if there's someone pulls out of the Scotland squad, which we know I wouldn't be surprised if he's just brought in. Well, let's turn our attention to Scotland now. They they take on Israel on Thursday in the semi-final of the, the Nations League. The, the, I suppose the biggest debate around this game has been whether or not Scotland are going to play a back three or a back four. We kind of had the... Maybe experiment's the wrong word to use, but we tried the back three in the last two matches and even though we got one result and one slightly disappointing result, there was a lot of chat afterwards that the back three didn't really work. Do, do you have any opinion on whether Scotland should go back three or back four for this game, Chris? It's, it's down to the, the personnel, really, isn't it? If you look at the game uh, against Israel, you know, I think uh, he, he tried to, Steve Clark, he wanted all the, the kind of name players in there. You know, you had John McGinn probably just floating about up top. Uh, McTominay dropped into the back, which allowed obviously Tierney and Robertson, you know. Look at the quality and depth I've got, Craig. Is it, doesn't it make you smile and think, Paul, you know what? The players we have, we, we're not bad, you know. So you're thinking, right, what formation best suits? Now, I know that Tierney could probably play right back and Robertson left back if you have a four. But I was impressed with Liam Palmer. You know, he, he got the goal. He, he made the assist for Lyndon Dykes uh, against the Czech, uh, Czech Republic. So uh, it's, it's a difficult one for me. It is because I think I think you look down, down in England, a lot of teams play with that back three and the wing backs because those wing backs are such important roles. So I, I, I think I could even see Tierney being a, a right wing back and Robertson a left wing back, you know, and you've got that McKenna, Cooper uh, and McTominay because, because I'm, I'm looking at McTominay and I never thought he was the size that he was, you know, it's, you just think that he's that holding midfielder, he's that mobile, but then he's walking past McKenna and that and he's like, he's, he's, he's not, he ho- so we've actually got a presence as well. Now against Israel, the first half I thought we were good. Craig, I thought we were good. I think uh, that mentality when you come out, you're 1-0 up. You've got that probably lead to uh, to protect. That it's, it's, it's difficult to kind of try and go onto your front foot, but carry on doing what got us into that position in the first place. So the mentality of the players, I think they would have learned from that game. So I'm very excited about Thursday evening. You look at the Czech Republic, okay, whatever happened, it's the Czech Republic B team. But you've got to remember, the Czech Republic first team is way ahead of us. So the B team's going to be not too bad. I was very impressed with them. But how we reacted after going 1-0 down and coming back the way that we did, the playing the football that we did, the energy that we showed, I thought uh, I thought Ryan Christie was excellent. You know, I thought Robertson, you know, up and down that, that left-hand side, uh, again, was, was, was very good. John Fleck linked up very, very well. I'm going through these players. You've got to remember, we got... We've got four points out of those those two games, mm-hmm. so that's that's a that's a positive start, and that's like you said with us trying out a back three. So I just think Steve Clark for doing that in the two games. I think that's probably the way that he's going to set up, and it's just the personnel. What's the personnel going to be like? You're looking at Andy Robertson, definitely left wing back for me. 
they were just bombing forward. And even if he is the, the left of a the left of a three centre back and it's Tierney is left centre back, they can share that role. You know, you know, understand. I don't think both of them will play. I think Liam Palmer is a more out and out right-sided player. I just think with the qualities he brings, the energy he brings, and like you say, he's got a, he's got an assist. We got a we got a win in that last game, so it's job done. Uh, you're looking at up top. Who's it going to be? I've got to say, you've got to go with Lyndon Dykes. You've got to. He's got his goal. He's opened his account. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mc, uh, McBurney. You know, the, there's criticism there. He pulls out his squads. You got to you got to understand that, Craig, from the sports science point of view. I know, listen. I I, I sympathise with McBurney. I think McBurney is probably still our best striker at the moment. And in, in terms of quality, McBurney is our best striker. It's just there's been a few issues about why it hasn't happened for for Scotland. But I totally agree. I think Lyndon Dykes the the shirts has to lose after those two performances. I think exactly. exactly. Exactly, because what does that say? If, if you if you get three points, you've got your goal, uh, you've, and he had a good performance, by the way. I've got to see Lyndon Dykes. His link-up play was excellent. As a facilitator, but, he looks good, and we've got a lot yeah. of quality in midfielders that can get close to him and exactly. stuff. Yeah. Exactly, but this is what I'm saying. With strikers like uh, Lyndon Dykes, Chris Owellamo, Ollie McBurney, <laughs> you know, Chris Boy, whatever it is, it's all about the service that they get. It's all about the service. So like you've just said there, with those, with the, the likes of Ryan Christie, you know, Kenny McLean in there, you know, McGregor, you know, even Jack, you know, I'm a big fan, big, massive fan, because a proper footballer gets on the ball, get, no matter how tight it is, but these players can see a pass execute it and that's what strikers big like at target man you know Lyndon Dykes he's, yeah he's, he's mobile enough he's mobile enough but I was really impressed with his touch his link up he won he won most aerial aerial duels against the Czech Republic as well I expect the same uh, I expect to get the same on, on Thursday uh, but again Steve Clark has headaches as every manager wants to have he's got headaches because the quality and depth is is very very good Okay, now we're going to finish off with a round of Knowing TP, Knowing You, so we can get to know our latest edition a little bit better. Have a list of questions here, Chris. We'll start with some non-footballing ones, and then we'll have a couple about your footballing career. So, starting with the non-football ones, what's the last TV series you watched, or one that you're in the middle of? Uh, what am I doing now? I'm doing that. I, I, I get through them very, very quickly, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> I'm doing Marcella season three at the minute. So uh, yeah, that's quite a quite an interesting one. Uh, I've no idea what it is. Yeah, it's a, a London detective, uh, and and now she's I don't want to spoil it for you, but she's now went undercover in in season three. So I'm in the process of doing that, but I'm also doing Billions as well. That's one that I do on my own when the missus when the missus allows me uh, to to watch a bit of TV, my, my own TV. But uh, Marcella's one that. I know that the missus is interested in, so we watch that together. So I do quite a few at the same time, Craig. What about uh, the last gig you were at? It might have been a long time ago. I don't even know if you can remember. Uh, Freer Ridings. Uh, me and the, me, and my, me and my fiance, we went to Freer Ridings. It was a little a little gift from me to her, uh, as I know that she's a big fan. So it got me a few brownie points. The most drunk or embarrassed you've ever been? I've given you the option there. Oof. Tell you what, it was on pre-season tour with Wolves up in Scotland, actually. So uh, tried to give it big licks, didn't I? Uh, got uh, called a few people uh, in, in Edinburgh, and we we sorted out the night. So basically, uh, I remember I went. There was a group of thirty of us. Remember on pre-season tour, we played against Dundee, Kilmarnock, and uh, Motherwell, and. Uh, 
I remember we went out in Edinburgh after the first game against Dundee and I've, I've, I've took £50 off of all the players and I swear to you they had this table this table must have been about maybe 10-15 metres long in, in the club in, in Edinburgh and it was covered with Jägermeister all the drinks that all the players had put and I swear to you I went to pay the bill right and the bar the bar, the barmaid uh, said alright it's whatever it is it's £650 or £700 and I had about £1,000 in my hand just because I took £50 off of all these players so she must have got about a £200 tip wow. uh, and then I went back and I swear to you the year, that's when I got introduced to Jägermeister and let's just say I woke up the next day I had a few drinks and then I just woke up the next day with no recollection and I still haven't I still haven't had any flashbacks of the evening Craig so uh, <laughs> let's put it that way it was, it was one uh, that I wasn't able to forget because I couldn't remember it and uh, some footballing ones who was your footballing idol growing up? Uh, footballing idol well I'm a Celtic fan uh, I followed Celtic all over the country so you're looking at it uh, yeah, growing up, uh, you're looking at a team, you know, Paul Elliott was one, you know, because I think you know about the, the what I'm doing at the minute, you know, the the Black Black History Month and Black Lives Matter. And for me growing up, I was only black family from my village. I was only black family at school. So you're looking at, at players like Mark Walters as well, you know, even though he was, he was part, he, he was the enemy, you know, but uh, what a fantastic player. So I, I related to those players and probably Ian Wright, Ian Wright at Arsenal I remember Celtic Celtic showed an interest in Ian Wright and Mark Bright at Crystal Palace and then Celtic actually pulled the plug on it and then Ian Wright went to Arsenal and became the legend that he was so Arsenal's probably my second club but uh, Ian Wright probably had the biggest influence when I was growing up uh, The favourite ground you played at? favourite ground uh, I made my Premier League debut at Aston Villa uh, and I've got to say it's a, it is a fantastic ground I've had the pleasure of playing at Old Trafford even Parkhead Ibrox as well you know these places are unbelievable I mean you can't even describe the atmosphere uh we played the, the Scottish Cup uh, semi-final uh, with St. Johnson and the atmosphere at Ibrox, oh my word, you know, it's, it is ridiculous. So I just think that we've got to put out there, Craig, that we want, it, we want the fans back in these stadiums as soon as possible, don't we? Because, you know, whatever normality is going to look like once we come back, uh, they, they are badly missed. Yeah, well said, well said. And finally, what's the biggest telling off you ever had from a manager? You you mentioned Alan Pardew a wee bit uh, earlier. Was it, was it from him? No, I've got to say we were at, we were at home uh, at Colchester. Now I remember we were we were one night we were one nil down at half time to Chesterfield. I think it was, and uh, we were we were having an absolute stinker. So I remember uh, my face was on the program. And uh, Phil Parkinson's come in and he's absolutely hammered. I mean, he's absolutely went for Greg Halford. He's went for Wayne Brown, who was like uh, the the kind of the, the meathead centre back. And then basically, I knew that he was coming for me, so I've just put the pro. I think he threw he threw some sweeties, you know, some some of the the jelly babies at one of the players. So I've just <laughs> kind of put the program at the like to, over my face. And he's looking around for me. <laughs> he's looking around, <laughs> and then I think when he's when he's clocked me, he's like he's tried to kind of keep a straight face, but uh, he started uh, he started smirking, which kind of took the kind of wind out his sails a little bit. Uh, but we went out and won that game two one. Uh, so uh, that is probably the biggest telling off. But I've had a few little uh, little tear ups on the training pitch as well that the 
So it's one of those, it's, it happens, it's a natural thing, you know, you've got to be competitive. I think me and Carl, uh, Carl Duguid had a proper fight on the training ground. And uh, I remember big Mick Halford, who, uh, who is a very handy uh, uh, player when it came to, to a little kind of team scrap, running on and splitting the two of us up. And I remember Grant Williams, the manager, uh, he threatened to fine us both. And I went, well, well, hold on, hold on. I says, I played against you, Gaffer. I says, you were one of the dirtiest, <laughs> you know, you were one of the dirtiest players that I've ever, I've ever played against. And I'm telling you something now, Carl, Carl, Doogie, Doogie's beside me, and I says, he's kicked out at me when I've, when I've passed the ball away. If he'd kicked out at you and you were playing, he wouldn't even be here now. And he just went, nah, fair point. And he took the, he never found the both of us. So I, I've been told off on a few occasions, but uh, yeah. It's just part and parcel of the game, Craig. So are you telling me there that your joke of holding a programme over your face was the catalyst well, for a come-from-behind well, win uh, for well, Colchester? I, I, I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying, because my face <laughs> was on was on the, the, the front of that programme. So, uh, you know, I, I've got I've had some great managers in my time. You know, I played under uh, Gianfranco Zola. You know, what a gentleman, legend he was. You know, Alan Pardew, Mick McCarthy, Tony Pulis, the list goes on. You know, I've had some great managers. So uh, there's some characters and there's no fear. There's no fear there when they come for you. You know, I think me and even me and Eddie Howe, we had a proper little uh, little kind of spat after a game in the Burnley dressing room as well when it was an open house and we had to kind of put everything on the table and all players did and all staff did. So it's just one of those things, you know, it's a... You have to make sure that you're a voice in in, in the game, in the dressing room. And uh, I'd like to think it was, I did it for the right reasons and, and, and it was for the benefit of the group. Well, that's all the questions I have, Chris. Just before I let you go, um, you've been doing some stuff for Black History Month with the BBC. You want to like um, tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, well, you know, it was one of those things, uh, obviously coming north of the border now and doing my bit for the, the, the sports scene and the SBFL coverage, I think it's just put me on, on the kind of, on the map uh, with the BBC. I think uh, I've got a good relationship with the with the production teams and the producers and, and it was something that they kind of, they put to me to see if I was interested in. And it is, you know, because obviously I've, uh, I've got a story myself and hopefully that will come, come out in the interviews but it's basically just kind of celebrating the achievements of, of, of some fantastic uh, black sporting Scottish professionals you know, so uh, I've done an interview with uh, uh, Ifioma Dieke already uh, Joe Ansbro uh, already as well uh, I've got Kieran Achara coming up uh, uh, Alex Dyer you know, because they've all got a story to tell, haven't they? And I and I just feel it's important that uh, that that obviously I can I can probably steer them in a way that they can actually get that story out. And 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 for us as well, you know, they're telling us things are being completely transparent about things that we will never we would probably never know of or read about. And and I just think it's such an interesting point. But I think that the 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 kind of interest behind it all is it's celebrating it's celebrating their achievements. These proud black Scottish uh, representatives you know they're, what, what they've achieved in their careers it's, it's, it's celebrating that and I just thought I, I was it was a great honour and pl- privilege for myself to be to be asked to do it and I've got to say I'm really enjoying it Craig so no, no brilliant for bringing it up no worries. The, the first of those interviews is available on the BBC Sport website as is your blog is that going to be like a, a weekly blog that you're going to be doing with them 
Well, the the blog is just basically a kind of summary of of, of the interview. Right. Okay. Uh, there's a po- there's a podcast coming out as uh-huh. well, so that's going to be called Chris Iwellamo Meets. Uh, and it's just one of them. Uh, if it takes off, then it, hopefully it'll go on further than Black History Month. But at, for this more for this main point, it's basically uh, interviewing these uh, black sporting legends. To be fair, because there is some great stories there, Craig. So it is, it's it's been good, and I'm 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 excited about the month ahead and and what that brings. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, we managed to get through that unscathed. I think I've not I've not put you off coming back next week, ever. No, not a problem, Craig. It's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you for having me. Cheers. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to check the other shows that have gone up this week as well as our Patreon content. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.